Hey guys, welcome back to the Ike cast. Uh, I'm Chris and I'm with my co-host Ike. Uh, this time we're going to keep it light on the news section mainly because, you know, there's not just a lot of news this week. Uh, a lot of stories are really just developing and maybe we'll cover them in greater de- detail next time. Uh, but really this show is going to be a, a lot of just entertainment stuff really focusing on all the shows and movies that were sort of overlooked at the time. And I wanted to keep it to shows that had full stories and movies that sort of were one-offs that, you know, don't feel incomplete. And so uh, we, we got a list of those. But to start us off with the news, I mean, Ike, what the Hey, hell? guys. Uh, welcome back, and thank you for tuning in to us. Yeah, there, like Chris said, there's a couple of developing stories um, that have been happening, um, you know, Thursday and Friday. Uh, I mean, here's the thing is, Chris, I... I think every week there's a whole bunch of craziness that happens. But, you know, by the time Friday comes along, what happened on Monday becomes old news because there's there's a whole bunch of new fresh stuff that's coming out, right? So yeah. the latest uh, the latest that um, I wanted to um, talk about... Sorry, guys. You know, I realized my mic was far, so if you didn't hear me, I apologize. Um, but, um, there's a couple of things that I wanted to just touch base on. Uh, one was this, um, it's a story out of the Atlantic. Um, the reporter stands by his reporting and it is where, uh, President Trump has called soldiers who are captured, who go missing in action or are killed in the line of duty as losers okay this coming from the commander-in-chief yeah well captain bone spurs himself you know has a lot to say about the military you know historically right and it's you know and i i guess you have to look at it from is this really believable you know is this just you know as the right and i again put it in quotes because you guys can't see me the right saying in the right-wing media or the right far-right media i don't know what other term you can call them conservative um, whatever the just, the yeah. canons <laughs> or yeah. QAnon, right um type of you know they they say you know this is all being generated by the left-wing uh liberal media and you have to step back and say okay um you know is there some veracity truthfulness to some of these statements and let's take a look let's take a look at the previous statements that have been made right chris he's um you know president trump has called john mccain a loser right he said that um he liked uh, john mccain as you know um was captured in um during vietnam war i think it was and uh, he can say he said that you know john mccain has been you know, always viewed as a war hero. And he said in 2015 and, you know, in 2016, when he entered the presidential election, that he didn't think um, John McCain was a war hero. And then, you know, war he's, he's a war hero because he got captured. And quite frankly, you know what? Uh, he likes people who don't get captured. So in his opinion, he's not really a war hero. And wow. it was it, it was Vietnam. He was, um, he was held in captivity for more than five years and he suffered in that captivity um, uh, wounds and you know those wounds were a result of the torture that he'd endured I, I mean I think he had you know limited mobility in his shoulders because of that torture um, you know and then you go to the second you know you go to the incident that happened with the gold star father during the Democratic National convention in 2016, uh, Khan, when he talked about the sacrifices, you know, that they had made as a gold family, they lost their son in the Iraq war. And, um, and Trump, rather than, you know, letting it slide, was like, Oh, you know what, his wife, who, again, she, she didn't say anything. She was with him on the stage. She gets very emotional as a parent one would right um sometimes you know one parent is stronger than the other one is better speaker you know it's more comfortable speaking like whatever the case was she didn't say anything and 
Trump was, you know, Trump said that, oh, it was because of some cultural reasons why she wasn't allowed to talk. And she did come back. She did respond to that and say, no, that wasn't the case. It's just she becomes really overwhelmed and she can't talk, right? About it. There's also, yeah, I, I mean, I can come up with so many incidences, Chris. Um, there's also when in 2017, the, you know, death of um, USC, U.S. Army Sergeant um, David Johnson, Sergeant, I think, from, I think he's from Louisiana, David Johnson, uh, where, you know, his wife, when she received the call from Trump, uh, she, she said that he said to her he knew what he signed up for. Now, of course, he's denied it, but, you know, you think about there's a pattern here, right? I mean, he doesn't James Mattis, um, Secretary of Defense, highly decorated Marine, a very well-respected general within the US, U.S. military, and he calls him uh, the most overrated general. And this is a continuing pattern. And, you know, he gets a lot of support. I think Republicans do get a lot of support from the military. And my question is, you know, why do you support a man who has no respect for you. You sacrifice for Americans, the U.S. Constitution, you know, and holding, you know, the peace. I mean, you put your life on, on the line every day and you're, and the current commander in chief considers you losers. If you don't fall within a very I know, it's small, crazy. narrow it's, it's scope just crazy, definition, man. right? It's just entirely crazy. But yeah, I mean, the history shows that, you know, this is probably true. That his opinion of the military, of, of individuals in the military is quite low. And, right. you know, uh, this is a guy who got deferment from uh, uh, the draft in Vietnam so that uh, because of bone spurs, right? So, right. So, right, and he, you know, the guy who went and fought in that war, McCain, he, he doesn't consider him, consider him a war hero because he was captured. But on the flip side, he gets medical deferments for bone spurs. Yeah. And bone spurs, guys, it's a growth, it's a calcium growth on your heel. And if you use proper stretching and stuff like that you can't it's it's not debilitating it's it's even debatable if he has bone spurs whether or not he i mean he, okay i'm gonna assume yeah okay he has bone spurs but debilitating yeah true i how do i know i've got plantar fasciitis which is another form, which is another term for bone spurs. Um, it it happens. You, it's not yeah. it's not debilitating that you can't that no. you get a medical deferment. True. Right. So um, that was that was one aspect. You know that's and this is was developing Thursday Friday. Wow. And then, yeah. So like I said, you know, beginning of the week to the end of the week so much happens and now the most um recent one that's um coming up and this is i i you know i i saw it i haven't uh, looked into it and chris i do want to um i do want to revisit this next week if we can yeah. um and guys everybody knows first 20 minutes we tend to do um political or current event stuff so feel free to you know join us 10, 15 minutes in if this isn't your jam, so to speak. Uh, but the the um, the newest one is that apparently President Trump has directed the Office of Management and Budget to crack down on federal agencies' anti-racism training sessions, uh, sessions calling them divisive anti-propaganda. So my question is, okay, so why is it anti-American What's anti-American about 
Well, he's right now. training, right? To be very fair, right now what he's doing, he's playing up. You know, he's playing the, the race card, which he says that you know the Democrats all do. Well, you know, yeah, he's playing up this idea of there's a culture war going on right now, which he fucking created. Sure, but he's playing that up. He's making that sort of front and center in terms of his policy, in terms of his messaging, right? He's going to like the culture war is happening because of the Democrats, not because of me, because of these people who essentially oppose me. Um, and he's playing up that culture war. He's, he's, you know, playing up the violence in the streets and the riots and all that sort of stuff. When I believe, uh, there was a study done that determined that, uh, all these, uh, Black Lives Matters protests, only 8% of them go violent. Yeah. Right. It's usually due to escalation. Right. And it's usually escalation through, uh, I would say external forces. Oh yeah. They're bad actors that are coming from the outside and instigating. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I. I yeah. I, what can I say? That's just. Yeah. There's there's well, a lot there of. There isn't a whole lot to say. I mean, I. I this know, administration I, I is just doing whatever the hell it wants right now because it, it it goes like, hey, listen, we win, we get to do whatever we want. We don't win, we're still doing whatever they want. They're, they're they're just yeah whatever. Uh, I mean. Um, what can I say? There's not this news is entirely developing. We'll find out more information later. Yeah. Well. Okay. So he's an extremely divisive president. He's the one who started with the them against us, them being anybody who is, uh, you know, not of the Anglo-Saxon race or what he perceives as uh, Western Europe. Yeah. Okay. Um, anybody that is outside of that is the them or the other, right? Uh, so, yeah, I've, we've, you know, Chris, we've, we've talked about it, you know, um, throughout um, all of our conversations. We've had so many conversations on it. Uh, you know, that racism is real. It does exist. And you have to acknowledge that there is, a, there is something called white privilege. Okay. Um, and it's, it's there. Okay. There's a, there's, a, you know, training when it comes to, um, diversity, anti-racism, it's really important. Because if you don't, you, there's a toxic work environment and toxic work environment does not help anybody. It doesn't help productivity. It doesn't help, you know, the co uh, colleagues who are in that in environment. Um, so to me, this is, um, this, am I surprised? No, I'm not. Because you know what? This is another way of them. It, it, it's another way of them continuing the the alleged culture war, and I say alleged culture war because it wasn't a culture war to the extent that they're talking about until him, okay? What he has done is he's exposed people who now feel it's okay to be an asshole out in the open because of the color of one's skin. Yeah, that's what he's done. But yeah, um... Yeah, this, this story is developing, and maybe we'll talk about it further in a, a future podcast. Uh, yeah. But, the, um, yeah, and then there's a third one that I want to touch up on, which um, I definitely think that we need to talk about because um, the election is coming up. Um, it's um, in November. The U.S. election is coming up in, in uh, November. And um, there was, uh, it appears that President has encouraged voters in North Carolina to not only do ballot voting, but in-person voting. Okay, so I think we need to, if this again is a developing story, I think um, it would be, we, you know, I would like us to um, next week or over the next couple of weeks to really look into voter rights, voting rights, and what one needs to do to preserve your vote um, because it is under attack uh, and um, you know whatever your political leanings are 
your vote should count and no sh nobody should have the power to take it away. Okay. So I, so that was the, um, the third, you know, um, topic I wanted to just touch base on is that there is also, um, there's been ongoing voter suppression that's been happening, but we know, um, you know, and, uh, or the past, uh, week, two weeks, the USP, USPS, that's the U.S. Postal Service, has come under uh, scrutiny because um, they're making it more difficult for voting to happen via mail. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's going to be really important for us to spend some time just talking about voters' rights, voting rights, uh, voter fraud, um, you know, what, where you can go to learn about what your state is doing when it comes to voting. You should not let anybody take away your right to vote. Yeah, absolutely. You make it count. Whatever you, whoever you want to vote for, you make it count. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. And uh, one piece of final, lighter, completely very, very lighter news, kind of, is uh, apparently Robert Pattinson has got COVID. Uh, during uh, while they're trying to restart filming of the Batman. So uh, when you say he's got COVID, do we know what what level? Uh, I mean, do we know like is it we we just know he's has he tested positive or he's actually has it? He's tested positive for COVID. They've uh, stopped. You know, the Rock has it too. Yeah, his whole family. No, it's um. Yeah. Yeah, uh, what can I say? It's uh, No one knows how Robert Pattinson got it, uh, but he was in contact with a lot of people. So they shut down sort of the filming of his stuff. They're continuing filming of everything that's not him. Okay. Right. Um, so, you know, if it's like uh, some sort of dialogue scene with other characters or, you know, Riddler doing something or whatever. Um, so, so they're going to put a hold on whatever they need to film with him at. Yeah. Just focus on all of the other scenes. Yeah, and whatever can be done with the stunt guy, they'll do with the stunt guy, you know? Right, okay. Um, but yeah, uh, they're they're just going to push forward with this, despite the, the event. Um, but yeah, uh, in terms That's of news... Crazy. Yeah, in terms of news, I think that uh, ends it there. Let's um, let's go through this, uh, this list. Um, I'm going to... Uh, okay, let's, let's go through it. The, really, there's the shows about, you know, shows and TVs that were... Yeah, sh sorry, TV shows and, and movies that were overlooked during their time, not really given, yeah. you know, their fair shake, um, but for the most part are complete stories, right? They, they, they finished their, their arcs, they've told their stories, um, you know, it's a very, um, it, you know, it, it, it fulfills itself. There's no, like, there's no threads left hanging for you, uh, for the most part. Right, uh, and they're very well done. Um uh you know, they've got a great story arc. They're, you know, uh, I would say a, a number of them visually, they're, they're strong. They're, they're like masterpieces of art. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, the, the writing, I, I think, um, the, the thread that connects them all is the writing. The writing is stellar. Oh, absolutely. The writing is, is sort of amazing. Uh, all right, yeah, so let's... I'm going to the acting. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's stop being around the bush. Uh, let's start with a show. I believe this is a show that we both have watched. Uh, Hannibal. Yes. All right, Hannibal. That was on NBC. Uh, it was it was an interesting sort of show. That, that was a show that was um, a, a retelling of the Hannibal story um prior to the events of the first book where Hannibal shows up Red Dragon right well first book but we were first introduced to Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs so it was shot out of sequence right we got Silence so of the Lambs so it gets actually really weirder so there's Manhunter which is Red Dragon start and that has Brian Cox as Hannibal Lecter right yeah. and no one really talks about that one right yeah and then there's Silence of the Lambs. Hannibal Lecter is replaced. It's a continue. It, it's um, right. It's sort of like a sequel, but it's it. You know, it's not. It doesn't like it doesn't really connect to Manhunter at all. And then you right. had the sh then you had the movie Hannibal, 
right? Uh, then the movie Red Dragon, which sort of ties up all the uh, Anthony Hopkins Hannibal films. And then you had right. uh, a really horrible movie called Hannibal Rising. Right. So um, if you guys, if nobody has seen Hannibal or has seen Silence of the Lambs or the Red Dragon or Hannibal Rising or Hannibal, if you haven't seen any of that, um, just to give you guys, a, you know, a, a summary of the character, Hannibal Lecter is a psychologist who's also a serial killer. So as Chris said, um, Hannibal dives into Hannibal Lecter's origins prior to the sequence uh, or the movies that he's, he's stated. And this is his relationship with a FBI profiler. So it's not really connected right? to, yes, yeah, it's, it's not really connected. It's not connected to the movies at all. I don't Yeah, think. it is a, it is a retelling you know their yeah. own take on on the on this material, but specifically everything before the uh, the events of Red Dragon. Um, right. And so yeah, it uh, the uh, there's a character introduced in Red Dragon. His name is Will Graham, and he is um, an FBI profiler. Um, and in the book, it's you know he's they play it up, and even in the the movie Red Dragon, they play it up that he makes connections, but he's mostly stable, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Played by Edward Norton in the movie. In the show, uh, played by Hugh Dancy. Um, so, Will Graham in the show is a lot more on the edge. He, he, you know, he's definitely got some form of autism, right? He's definitely, uh, you know, uh, he's definitely prone to over-empathizing with, with uh, dark individuals uh, to the point where you can assume, you know, people's point of views. He makes jumps in logic and, and reason that fit along with sort of the motivations of whatever killer he's doing. And while this seems very formulaic and sort of like freak of the week, oh, new serial killer, like criminal mindsy, it is mm-hmm. far from that entirely, right? Um, they do a little bit of that, but it's really a long arcing story, right? On this weird sort of cat and mouse game, you know. Right, between Hannibal and... Yeah, and so Hannibal Lecter in the in the movie Red Dragon and the book and, and all iterations of it, was uh, worked with Will Graham uh, on a couple of FBI cases, and so right. they expand it uh, even greater, where um, you know Hannibal and Will, you know, essentially team up for a, a bit, you know, doing uh, what's called working with each other, um, you know, for FBI cases, and then uh, working with each other in therapy because you know the, the the toll of the of the work that they do, right? Uh, but right. Hannibal played by Mads Mikkelsen, his turn, like, people talk about, you know, uh, Anthony Hopkins, Anthony and, Hopkins and, yeah. and, and his performance, but Mads Mikkelsen does something wholly unique, individual, unto himself, and then captivating all at the same time, yeah. right? He takes, right. I mean, the way, like, the way he described it in some interviews, and I, and I feel the assessment is perfect, is that he plays Hannibal Lecter like he's Lucifer, Right, he plays him right. like like this like like this satanic you know devil like figure, so curious and enamored with everything around him, but pushing things like dominoes to like horrible endings. Right, he is he's brutal right. and vicious, but refined and 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 perfect. He 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 plays up you know the idea of of, of his godliness by by focusing on 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 essentially like. Uh, religious violence and, and, and random acts of, 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 of God. He, 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 he's this really, and he's not like everything about the character is impossible. Like you can't have a psychopath who is that empathetic, who, who does all this sort of stuff, but it's a captivating right. character and Mads Mikkelsen just kills it. And it's a three season show, right? Right. And I, I, you know, I, yeah, they ended it so that it'd be, um, they did leave a little bit open case. We, they wanted to revisit it. Um, I wish there was a fourth season because I like, I like to have, I like, so this is spoiler everybody. Um, I liked to have had them end it where he actually gets caught and he's put in jail, right? It connects him to. Well, they. It, it connects us to that Silence of the Lambs. 
Yeah, I mean, they, they kind of go there, but they didn't really. And the reason why is right. because they don't have the rights to Clarice Starling. Right. Right? It's what... Yeah, but they didn't have to do Clarice Starling. Exactly, right? exactly. They could have ended it. They could have ended it with him getting caught and him being incarcerated. Like, they they introduced the doctor. Right? Yeah. From the, the character from the movie, the... The, the psychologist that of the or the head doctor psychologist yeah Dr. Schulte for yeah for the asylum I I mean they've introduced some of the characters that aren't were in the movies it would have been nice for them to I think that's how there would have been like full closure so there hasn't been full closure I think it was preemptively um, what cancelled um, I think there was room for you know, one more season, whether, you know, and that one more season could have been maybe three or four um, episodes that they could have, there's, they could have ended it, which is why I think there is room for it to be revisited if all of the characters can come back. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. And, and all of the actors did a superb job in the roles that they had. Right? Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I agree with great choice yeah so yeah hannibal three seasons um it just keeps on going season one um does some interesting stuff season two gets even crazier uh season three the first half is 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 crazy like it's it's the visuals are quite out there uh but the second half is a retelling their version of red dragon um yeah and it's beautiful it's beautifully shot all three seasons it's each episode is like a beautiful painting I yeah mean, i mean beautiful do, moving painting they do stuff with like the cooking or hannibal's cooking food using yeah. you know organs and you know they're using of course animal organs but they they're they're using it to mimic human ones and but yeah. still the stuff that he makes is goddamn delicious looking yeah uh <laughs> it's it's like oh my god and they had like a professional right. chef on on you know scene to to essentially create these masterpieces of art and food um and yeah so yeah hannibal is a is a great show that's a show to to really um consider uh let's go on to uh movies uh it's on it, it hannibal's currently on netflix uh or peacock uh which is the nbc streaming platform um three seasons i think it's like 12 13 episodes a season um Ten out of ten. It's it's definitely yeah. one of my favorite shows, um, uh, and I revisit it all the time. So Hannibal, that's you know, that's what I, I recommend to watch. Um, let's do a movie right now. Um, there was okay. So this is a movie that's very old. It was an HBO BBC film. So Chris, are we switching back between TVs and movies? Yes, we are. Okay, I just want to make sure. Yeah. I'm on. Yeah. I know. What so we're this, doing. yeah, this was an HBO BBC film. Uh, okay. I think it came out 2001 or 2004, something like that. It's like so early 2000s, and it's an HBO BBC film called Conspiracy. I knew you were gonna go there. Yeah. Great movie. Cause, yeah. and it's 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 a it it is a unique film because it's not like any other film. It, it is it is almost entirely dialogue. Right. Yeah. This is a movie is almost entirely dialogue. It's pretty much majority of the film takes place everyone within one house, and the, there's three sets. Really, there is um, like a buffet area, the entrance, and the the conference room, right? And that's the majority right. of the film, right? It's got it's got a it's got a huge cast of like a whole bunch of people that you're like, oh, I know that guy, oh, I know that guy, right? Um, right. You know, it's, dude, it's got Tom Hiddleston in one of his earliest roles, right? It's it's, it's just such a strange, uh, you know, like cast that they put together, and. It, what it is about it's about um in 1941 or or uh, 40 i think i think it was 41 um uh hitler uh brought together essentially brought together uh, all of his ministries uh uh involving jewish affairs uh and uh put them all together and put them into a room and he told one of his top generals reinhardt heydrich to get them to create a final solution to the jewish question Right, I, uh, I think it was um nine. I think it was nineteen forty-two. Yeah, so the, like yeah. they're they're right there, he and Reinhard Hardrick and his second-hand man uh, Adolf Eichmann, 
um, Heydrich played by Kenneth Branagh and uh, Eichmann played by Stanley Tucci um, direct this meeting uh, with all of its the people inside of it and you slowly see how they unfold the final solution the concentration camps this meeting sets the stage of the Holocaust right for the future it, it it's one and it's so nonchalant and you see you know some people are all for it enthusiastic other people are like this is this is something else this is a bridge too far some people are like no 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 we got to do this within the law right some people are like oh no we can't kill them we should you know sterilize them there's it is it is a debate on genocide right among the most evil men in history it is captivating right. it is it is it is a different kind of movie so um you know chris i i think a, the question always you know when it comes to historical type of movies is how much of it is fact and how much of it is uh, fiction right so uh, but, yeah so and i think it's really important to explain that this is based on a a manifesto that was created during that meet, particular meeting. Correct? Yeah, the yeah the minutes of the meeting were were, were being the taken. The minutes of the meeting. Yeah. Yeah, the minutes were being taken and transcribed, and they were told everyone, "All right, you're going to get the minutes, and then you got to destroy them. Right, review them, destroy them." One guy named Martin Luther kept his. Right. right? Martin. And yeah. it was covered, recovered by the U.S. Army in the archives of the German Foreign Office in 1947. Yeah. And it's the only record of the conference that survived. So the the minutes of the meeting tell us exactly who was there, what was discussed, when it was discussed. Yeah. So generally speaking, who... whatever was done inside the boardroom when they're speaking in the film is mostly accurate. Vast majority of it, it's accurate yeah. to the minutes of the meeting. But everything outside the boardroom is all speculation, but it sort of fits with the sort of the theme of what's going on you know these people just talking about it each other and then of course this the, the threats that go on in the background to anyone who who is a little bit apprehensive about this this plan um right where where you see you know right. you know people in like in during the meeting one part of the meeting go like no this is horrible this is reprehensible and by the end of the meeting they're like no i you count on my full support you know so you're like what yeah. what was said outside the meeting you know when 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 they took breaks when they had lunch what was said to change people's minds and that's the in that speculation that's where they they tell the other aspect of their story so yeah conspiracy uh is a great film i think everyone should watch it do you have anything uh, to say about it yeah i i agree with you it is a great film it's a interesting um look into how educated intelligent men could have come up with a policy that killed millions and millions and millions yeah and right? like the way there's they... a complete disregard for human life and for humanity yeah i mean they there was the, the the way they nonchalantly discuss this whole thing and you see disgust in some in some you'll see like yeah. the inkling of humanity bleed through where they go like no 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 right but right good men were in that room even for a little second small amounts of goodness were in some of these men but they did nothing right and then evil triumphed so yeah uh yeah it's it's a great film and it's 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 all about the dialogue. Just follow through with it, and be. And it's really, it's like be witness to something unfathomable, right? right. Something beyond the pale, and then it's just there. But yeah, so yeah. conspiracy, uh, definitely the other one that I would su suggest. Um, all right, let's go back to shows. This is a good show that you mean. It's really good. If yeah, if you if um, just one last thing, if you're expecting you know a a lot of um, action, this movie doesn't have it. But it absolutely sucks you in and you're completely absorbed in the discussion, the thought processes that resulted in the solution. Yeah. 
All right, so this is a show that, uh, moving on, this is a show that you and I have both watched, okay? Uh, it's, I believe there's only like maybe 12 episodes? No, there's 16 episodes only out of four seasons, and this is the show Luther. Starring Idris Elba. Yeah, so this is uh, a role with Idris Elba. It's a BBC show. Um, it didn't really get a lot of play over here. Some people know about it, some people didn't. Uh, Luther is is a different kind of show altogether. It's um, it's a cop drama where because it's based on the British system, like it's only like six episodes long for the first season. Every episode is a different mm-hmm. case with an arcing storyline with all six. Um, ep- uh, seasons two, three, and four, like two and three yeah. are only four episodes long, where every case takes two episodes, and uh, season four is only two episodes long. Right, so. It's it's right. it's 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 this weirdly paced show with like how many episodes and how much content there is, but it's such tight storytelling, and Idris Elba just just kills it. It's a great sort of, you know, detective show. Uh, you know, akin to the line of something like, uh, in terms of seriousness, True Detective, but not in terms of weirdness. Yeah, I I agree with you. This was um, this is great. This is a great um drama that came out of the UK. Um, it came out in 2010, I think was the first um, airing. And I think um, this, Luther really did help put, and not that Idris Elba wasn't on the map, everybody, people knew him, he had been in other movies, but I think his, his, his Luther put him as an actor on the map where people, you know, I think, stood up and took notice same oh. with ruth wilson uh, it's a it's a very um tight cast they're very good idris and ruth's chem with each other um is really i, I mean that i think drives you know the the storyline too but yeah he's 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 one of the he's a um He's a detective, you know, who's, uh, he's, he's so laser focused on catching the bad guys and he's so brilliant at what he does. But at the same time, you know, he's, his life is all falling apart. Right. And it's, how do you, how do you relate to that? Yeah. And, I mean, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting show. It goes through the it's drama. It's a cat and mouse game. It, it, yeah. It's a cat yeah. and mouse game. Yeah, it goes yeah. through the drama. It goes through the rage. I mean, something about Luther as a person is that he's he's a man filled with rage, right? Yeah. And it it shows it sometimes, and it shows it very well and very dramatically. So, yeah, um, yeah. not going too much into it. Luther is another great show, um, and because it's so varied, I I don't want to talk about any of the sort of individual plot lines. I think people will enjoy them. No, I I don't want to talk. I agree with you. I don't think it would be fair to talk about the plot lines. Um, but they do build up on each other. Mm-hmm. And um, for Luther, the pivotal characters are going to be the characters. To me, was Luther and Alice. Alice is played by Ruth Wilson. Luther is Idris Elba, right? I, I mean, to me, their, and I say this in quotes, relationship is very pivotal. Yeah. Right. A, I, I agree with you. Good good pick. If you guys haven't seen it, uh, do see it. Uh, let us know what you think about it. We don't want to give too much into it. If you like crime drama, uh, crime drama series, this is um, top tier. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so yeah. I'm going to now talk about three things that you haven't seen, uh, and I'm going to go through them very quickly. Uh, first, we're going to do a movie and then two TV shows real quick. Um, things that uh, that I know that you haven't seen, Ike. Um, yeah. The movie is Doctor Sleep. Very, very simply, it it's it's not like you know like the best movie ever made, but it is a a, a pseudo sequel, realistically sequel to uh, The Shining, and it upholds it very okay. well. It, it was surprisingly good. Okay, so the reason why I would like to see this movie, but I've been told I, I I'm forbidden to watch this movie <laughs> the reason why i'm forbidden to watch this movie is because i haven't seen the shining because i find the shining really scary oh, um i mean i wouldn't so, I'm, I'm, I'm no purist 
but you know, it, well, would, it helps. Is that I live with a purist who won't let me see it. So I have to, like, um, you know, man admitting up. this to you guys. Yeah, I'm going to have to man, find the courage to watch uh, The Shining in order for me to see Dr. Sleep. That's why I can watch it. Yeah. But sorry, go for it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Doctor Sleep. It's a. It's a. It is a surprising. It's a. It is a surprisingly good movie. It is. You know. It upholds the legacy of The Shining. It tells its own story. It continues, the sort of like aspect of of the whole mythos of, of The Shining, and it takes it into some really fresh areas. So yeah, uh, Doctor Sleep. Watch it. It's not like the be end all and and you know of, of films, but it's particularly good, and I enjoyed it. Um. Let's see. For the two shows that I know you haven't seen, uh, Ike, one of them is Awake. It is a single season show that thankfully, you know, sort of really well uh, ties itself up. And um, basic premise is that it's about a, uh, a guy, um, an officer, his name, uh, played by Jason Isaacs, uh, who um, every time he goes to... I think to he's s- an underrated actor. Oh, he's, dude, him as Captain Lorcan. Oh, by the way, coming up... I don't know if it's next week or the week after. We're doing a Star Trek episode. All right. Just saying. Absolutely. All right. We're doing a Star okay. Trek episode. We're going through all of our favorite stuff. But, all right, yeah, Jason Isaacs, um, uh, uh, he's an officer who, uh, he every time he goes to sleep, essentially when he closes his eyes, he almost wakes up immediately in a version of events where um, there was a recent car accident, and in one version of events, his wife dies, and the other, his son dies. And he switches between these two things based on uh, essentially him awake or asleep. He can't tell which is a dream and which is real, right? He goes like, I close my eyes and it's like, I'm in, it's like my son's alive. And then I go to sleep again, right? And then my wife's alive. He never, it feels like he's never asleep and he's unaware of what could, what is a dream and what isn't. If they're dreams at all, Right. If he's not just bouncing between, it plays up that 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 whole thing, and it's about and I I don't want to spoil anymore, but that's the sort of basic premise. It it's a one and done sort of story. Uh, it's particularly good. I would recommend it. Uh, I would recommend this one. Uh, Awake uh, is a is a very interesting uh, story that deals with you know the idea of multiple universes okay. or dreams or you know the inability to distinguish reality. So, you know, Chris, um, one of the issues I have with one season shows is I'm always because I do get invested. Right. My I don't like I don't like um, the um, cliffhangers that end up happening. So if they're able to relatively close it, OK, I'm willing to watch it. Yeah. So and yeah. you just said that it, it's it has some closure correct or are you left is it is it one of those um is this one of those is you know the top spinning is it uh, is it like uh, inception the top spinning is it a dream or reality is it one of those type of endings kind of it's not really where it it does that it's not really where it does that where questions is this dream or reality instead what it does is is it shows you a third alternative right that's uh, okay. That's yeah. what it does. It's not dream reality. Okay. It it asks okay. you maybe there's an alternative, um, and so yeah, it, it's a it's a one and done, and it's able to it, for me it's able to tell its story, uh, and then yeah, the other okay. show that you have not seen, uh, which came out recently on Hulu, is Debs. Uh, this is a show, okay. um, created and written by Alex Garland. Alex Garland is uh, uh, he's a he's a screenwriter and then uh, director of films like um annihilation starring natalie portman and um uh trying to remember this earlier one uh uh ex machina with alicia vikander okay yeah right uh so and then domin hall gleason so yeah so he he does this high concept science fiction sort of stuff and devs is as high concept science fiction as it gets um fundamentally it's um it's about the idea of a powerful enough computer that can predict the future and the question is is that like the minority report you mean like uh, uh it's not minority report what is it 
paycheck? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, Minority Report had the no, had, had people. Minority Report was, you know, they had, yeah, people where they were, like, predicting what was happening. Yeah. Or who was going to commit a crime, right? Yeah, this is, yeah, this is not really like that. It's not about predicting okay. crime. It's about predicting everything. A perfect. Okay. Essentially, it's like what happens when we created a computer that can simulate reality perfectly. Right. Okay. Yeah. If it could simulate reality reality perfectly, we could theoretically look back into the past and see things for as they really were, and vice versa. We could see things in the future, and the issue that arises is that does that create a universe that is deterministic? Does that create a universe that, you know, is bound by fate? What ha- what will happen will happen. What has happened has happened. Or, are you able to change things? If you are aware of events to come, can you change them? Is it even possible? Um, these are sort of themes that play up in a recently review, uh, released film, Tenet. And uh, I watched that. And so these themes, they're really, really heavy. And Alex Garden plays with them uh, plays with them to their fullest extent. So this is a, a show I would recommend to watch, but it is incredibly slow. Uh, okay. So I... Um, it, it's 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 slow and unfolding but it's 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 so high concept that i enjoy it um and so yeah those are the shows that you haven't seen uh as well as films that you haven't seen um i really want to talk about one more movie and one more show okay uh we have two possible shows that we can talk about i'll let you choose which one you want to talk about do you want to talk about the newsroom or the leftovers the newsroom. The newsroom. I enjoyed that immensely. Yeah, the newsroom. Now that's a that's an interesting show. That's a show uh, starring Jeff Daniels, uh, created by Aaron Sorkin, the Aaron Sorkin, the guy who can write some of the most best dialogue there is. Uh, Quentin Tarantino, mm-hmm. you know, gives Quentin Tarantino a run for his money. Uh, Aaron Sorkin's uh, uh, speechifying works perfectly. Sorkin's good. work tends to be more original. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Sorry, um, I mean I I like Tarantino, but I have to just put that out there. Yeah, but yeah, so uh, it's a sh- it's a show essentially about uh, a fictional news network, and then sort of like the change that occurs within it to focus and and reform and make better the news. Uh, part of the issue is is that the way that the news is run, and, and it you know it's very very prescient to our current time. The way that the news is run is is as a business, is as a commodity, as something to generate revenue. And they argue that's problematic because fundamentally what the news is supposed to do is educate the electorate. Right? The news is supposed to give you information that will help guide your decision making. You know, politics to crime stats to, to, you know, human interest. Right. So it's their... Newsroom is there going to get out of the business of giving opinion and just give you the facts so that you can make the most informed decision. Yeah, that's that's right? essentially it. And uh, Jeff Daniels uh, sort of kills it, and and the the all the the dialogue is 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 great, and it's got it's got a great cast that that now is uh, expanded uh, onto other things. So, yeah. um, and it had three seasons. It was an HBO show with three seasons. Seasons one, season one, was great. Season two, uh, was interesting. Season three, um, sort of like brings it full circle and like, all right, time to you know, we'll do it. Yeah. Um, a lot of people felt the show was too preachy. Right. Uh, I've never found that issue. Um, then again, uh, you know. I'm Canadian, I didn't <laughs> so. <you know. laughs> yeah. no, no, I didn't find it preachy um, at all. And that's uh, probably the Canadian enemy coming out. Um, I, you know, what sets the, what sets, it, it's, it is a political drama, but what sets it out, or sets it apart is uh, the dialogue. And, um, you know, each, each actor in the role that they've been giving bring brought their a game to it yeah okay and so I, I mean i have to say you know there's sometimes like really like, i've worked in a corporate setting i've never seen that happen i haven't worked in a newsroom so i can't say if that's really how newsrooms work but you know i it was very well written and and um 
uh, Jeff Daniels from the very beginning. So this is one of those shows from the very beginning, first five minutes got me like completely. It wasn't a, okay, now let's see where it's going. It's like, I definitely want to tune in with each episode and it, and it's because of, because of him. Oh yeah, definitely. The first episode starts with this great speech slash rant about how America is not the greatest country in the world, right? Because he goes like, let's look at the metrics, man. You know, it's like, it, we're garbage. We used to be top dog, but what, what the hell happened, right? right. Um, and it's sort of like, <gasps> everyone sort of like goes like, oh my God. Uh, I don't think that's too crazy of a statement nowadays, <laughs> but... Um, well, I wish people would, be, I wish, you know what, um, they would be more honest like that. I, we don't get that. No, we don't. We don't get honesty and it's up to us to find that honesty. Right. And that means that we have to do our own homework. And we've said this before. Most people by nature do not want to do that work. Yeah. It's a problem. They want it fed to them. Yeah. It's a problem with our democracy. It's the problem with, with all democracies is that it requires an electorate who is engaged. And unfortunately not all of us are engaged. Um, You know, it's not all of us vote. And that's, you know, problematic in and of itself. But, yeah, uh, The Newsroom is um, is a great sort of show. Uh, I loved its sort of message. I loved its dialogue. Um, and I loved its sort of idealization of what the news should be. You know, yeah. like, in a, especially in a time and era where well, people don't you know, judge. Chris, you know, it's funny. Yeah. It's because, you know, I, I grew up in the 70s and 80s um, and the 90s in Canada, right? And we had, we had... Um, we had news. We had news each night, right? So we had CBS News that came on at, um, think came out at nine o'clock. I think it was nine o'clock, and it was it was an interesting format because with CBS News, uh, CBC News, sorry, not CBS, CBC News. Uh, um, I've been away from Canada way too long. Um, CBC News. It was a thirty-minute news format, and then a thirty-minute news documentary type of format, right? So the first 30 minutes was what's going on in the world nationally. And really there was no local news that was left to the local stations to cover, mm-hmm. right? But we had international, we had new, uh, we had national news. And then the next, um, after that was done, then the next 30 minutes, so it was one hour, right? You could tune in whichever way you wanted to. Um, and then the next 30 minutes was to deep dive um, uh, journalist um, investigation, you know, investigation, journalistic investigations on top hot topics, right? So it could be a conflict somewhere in the world, right? Or it could be something that dealt with uh, what was going on with um, the budget or finance. Uh, so, but you knew at, in that hour what it was going to be, right? So if you wanted to stay on afterwards, and that, we don't have that anymore. We have 24-7 news channels, but we don't have, you know, you ha- we, the U.S. is equivalent to that with 60 Minutes. Yeah. But I don't think a lot of people, t- you know, a lot of people tune into 60 Minutes anymore. No, I don't the think so. The way they should. Uh, but, yeah, it's hard, real hardcore investigative journalism. Uh, mm-hmm. advocacy That's it, investigative jur- journalism. Yeah, advocacy yeah, journalism. Got, you know, like um, hmm. watchdog journalism. That's not something that occurs in the United States anymore to that extent. Yeah. Um, and there's been a lot of distrust of news and then news has become incredibly more partisan so yeah no um the newsroom definitely is is a timely prescient piece to to view and uh yeah now the last one is um the movie uh i'll pick it this one is the accountant starring ben affleck oh yeah that's a. I don't think it's that well known no i i i enjoyed it yeah so i the, thought it was a yeah, yeah, the accountant. It's it's a movie about a, a uh, about a uh, boy later a man with uh, severe uh, uh, form of autism, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Like he's but because of that, he also has that um, that that counterpoint, that counterbalance of with autism when it comes to 
to to numbers to to organizational skills or 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 uh, pattern management right um and he's quite smart it's just he has difficulty sort of adapting um to to sort of situations but it's about essentially how this this kid through pure discipline you know forced by his dad uh becomes this sort of accountant right but this accountant also does some really hardcore stuff he does accounting for like you know cartels and you know mafias and stuff like that right and the and he's military trained he can like you know wreck people he's crazy strong fast he'll you know kill a whole bunch of people in like a second it's got its great action sequences um what can i say it was a surprise um and ben affleck uh really plays into this idea of like this this you know of this person who's got uh you know this mental impairment uh you know who's differently able through his his autism um and then you know just continues on forward with that um the accountant is a great little action movie and it's definitely not one a lot of people watched but uh i particularly enjoyed it right yeah yeah it was a really um it was a great movie uh i enjoyed it it, it had it had a little bit of everything in it yeah. and um i think again you know i think ben affleck is uh, underrated yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, he he is. I remember when he was uh, it was announced that he was going to be Batman, and everybody was like, "Ben Affleck, no way! That's horrible." And he's, you know, he's was gonna, a great Batman, he, man. Yeah, but he's one of he portrayed one of the best Batmans that I've seen in a really long time. Yeah, I feel like with every Batman, there's always something new that they bring to the table, a new characterization, a way to focus on it. And I'm happy right. with every time they do it. I'm also happy with every version of the Joker because there's no one thing the Joker is, right? Um, so, right. but yeah, uh, the accountant Ben Affleck. It was a, it was a really good sort of little action romp from beginning to end. Um, you know, sort of mystery and action sort of thing. Um, uh, it's what can I say? It's particularly good. Yeah, and, and we should say that he didn't just play an accountant. He was a forensic accountant. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, uh, so yeah, it it was it was very well done. I mean, it, it, you know, the the movie was able to use his, you know, his chops in terms of um, having done action movies, um, as well as you know, him as a an actor in a drama. I thought he I thought he did well. And again, I I stand by that. You know what? He's uh, an underrated actor. Um, and I don't think sometimes he gives himself enough credit. Remember all of those memes with the sad, sad Ben? Oh, yeah. And when, when it when was it? Uh, Batman v Superman. Batman yeah. v Superman first came out. Because, <laughs> you know, he got brutalized with it. And the thing is, it wasn't even his fault. It was the executives who, you know, wanted a two hour movie and it couldn't be a two hour movie. Yeah, well, no, it's. Sorry, yeah, it's the. What can I say? There's only one way to watch that movie, Batman v Superman, and that's the ultimate cut. Watch it all. Uh, for people who can't watch lock movies, man, I'm sorry. Just, you know, sometimes shit takes time. <laughs> so You know, if you, if you can't watch long movies, what I'm going to recommend is make, you know what, at the, I don't know, one hour mark, give yourself a self-imposed intermission or something, please. Yeah. But there's certain movies that, you know, because the executives wanted under a certain time you know within a certain time frame um it compromises the storytelling and then everybody gets dogged on except for the executives exactly. and then when you actually see the director's cut you're like this was a good movie like why didn't we get this hey man snyder cut that's all i gotta say yeah. so you know, the, <laughs> I the know. we circle right. back to snyder cut <laughs> every single time but yeah this this is how it is okay guys uh i think this is actually a pretty good place to stop it uh, what, okay, what sounds good. Yeah, um, yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, there's there's a couple of other movies I think we should just probably um, and shows that we should name for them to take a look at. They're really good. They're really fun. Um, the movies, The Gentleman. Uh, yeah, uh, it's um, right. We're not going to go into it uh, because I know that Chris, you want to keep ours, you know, within a certain time frame. We always end up going over which for which we apologize, guys. Yeah. We just have so much to talk about. Yeah. I've got so many opinions. Yeah. Uh, and the nice guys. Okay, those are two good movies. They're funny. They're enjoyable. Um, 
you know, it's if you like comedy, Nice Guys is it good? If you like Guy Ritchie, um, you know, back and to some his of perfect his form, like Lockstock, Two Swimmer yeah. Girls, Snatch, back to you know, back to form, you know, Guy Ritchie, like yeah, Rock and Roll. The Roma. gentleman is yeah. like spot on, spot oh, on. Absolutely. All right, guys. See ya. All right. Thank you. Bye bye.